Hello and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson and I'm the founder of Core Women and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Don Westmoreland, who strongly believes that employees and employers should be empowered to work in safe and respectful work environments. She stood up to the second largest federal agency in the United States for bullying her for being a whistleblower. Dawn paid a very high price for speaking up about the lack of Black employees in her workplace, but in the end, she had a very successful outcome. Dawn has been an HR consultant for over 29 years and is a coach, speaker, author, and podcaster. Welcome, Dawn, and let's get right into your journey. Hi, good morning. Good morning, good morning. So Dawn, there's so much here to talk about. So let's begin with your interest in HR and move on to your experience of being bullied and how you can help others today. Well, sure. Um, it's such a long story, but you know, I spent 20 years in the Air Force and I can also get right to the point. So back in, seven years ago in 2013, I was working in the Veteran Affairs and the Veteran Affairs serves military veterans and, and also their families. And uh, I have this background in human resources. So one of the first things that I noticed when I worked in a VA agency is that there were only five black employees out of about 500 white employees. And I knew instantly, you know, I had less, I didn't have 29 years of HR at the time, you know, I had 22, but I knew what was going on. So, you know, I mentioned something to management about the nepotism, which is illegal hiring a family and friends. But what was disturbing was that there were only five black employees and I knew better. So I got a lot of retaliation. I reached out to federal agencies, got a lot of retaliation, got put on administrative leave. My phone got tapped. I found out later about that. And, you know, I got stalked and while well, I was spending 100 days on administrative leave, wondering are they going to throw me out or what? Uh, it led to that I needed a reasonable accommodation for my disability. And I'm retired Air Force, been out 15 years, given away by age. And I needed a reasonable accommodation to work from home, and my management denied it. So it opened up equal employment opportunity case for disability discrimination. So, you know, I stood up to all the bullying. I spent a few days in the mental health ward because after 18 months of being harassed, being put on administrative leave, stalked, tire slashed, all these crazy things that happened to whistleblowers. And there was a lot more, you know, I was weak. I was doing it all by myself. And that's where I had the greatest epiphany. You don't ever have to be a victim. And I voluntarily did it because I was tired. I didn't feel safe. And when I got out, I still had a year to face them. And I wrote an article. Uh, I write for the Good Men Project, which is for men and women. And I wrote this article about serving Coca-Cola to my bully in the uh, legal office. And I've gotten a lot of responses from that because it did stand up. So fast forward, I end up uh, settling two days before what's called the formal hearing with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And I said, hey, I am not signing a non-disclosure agreement because even in the mental health world, while I was all, I'm going to say, doped up on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medicine, I mean, I'm a walking zombie or, or sleeping zombie, I knew that there was a reason why I was going through this. 
and I knew I'd be out there helping other people because I had the background. So yeah, I, I didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement. I've already written my first book back in 2015. It's called The Empowered Whistleblower. And it's about, I'm not trying to make people whistleblowers, but I'm teaching people that they don't have to be a victim, that they can stand up for themselves. Absolutely. And I'm going to take a couple steps back here because I did want to ask, how did this impact your livelihood? You told us it impacted your emotional well-being. How did it impact your family? And what was your support network? Were you, in fact, all alone? Who did you lose during this whole process? And how did you cope through it all? What were some of the techniques you used to cope through it? I did it pretty much by myself, which really amazes people because I didn't want anybody to have to go with me through this dark ugliness because a lot of people were scared. I mean, when you're dealing with a federal agency, you're not dealing with one person. You know, you're dealing with a bunch of people that gang up on you. I'd say my biggest strength is I'm a strong person and I laugh when I say this, but you know, I grew up with seven brothers and stepbrothers. That helps a little bit. So it's been 20 years in the Air Force. You know, when I went in 85, there were, I think, about 11% women. I got out in 05, there were 22% women. So and I, I ran one of the largest military deployment centers in the Air Force, which is shocking because that actually falls under personnel, HR, and the military. So, you know, I have a resiliency, a toughness, but honestly, sincerely, <laughs> anybody can be broken. Anybody can be brought to their knees. So my mom was there for me, not for advice, but she listened to me. And, you know, I didn't bring an attorney into the very, very end. I've written up most of the case myself. I learned as I went. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I collect that, degrees. That's impressive. And, and that's I'm, a... I, you know, I'm a researcher, so I really did it by myself. And people did run from me. They were scared. I can't say that I blame them because when they found out what was happening to me, they're like, oh, I don't want nothing to do with this. I want to stay away from me. I don't want to be harassed. I don't want to be fired. That that's what happened really difficult. So as you said, you're obviously a really, really resilient woman. However, we can all be impacted by this. And this can be a very difficult, very difficult situation. So can you explain to the listeners through this, how you regulated your thoughts, your behavior, and your emotions during this impacting time? Mm -hmm. I believe in being authentic and real and very transparent. So I tell people, they ask me, were you scared? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Why do you think I checked myself in the mental health ward? Uh, besides being absolutely exhausted, there were times that I had the lowest, the lowest of times. And I remember laying on the ground, cussing God out only one time. And I, you know, later I felt bad about it, but you know, I'm like, why me? Why me? And then you just get these insights, you know, these God winks or whatever you want to call it. I mean, if you're not a Christian, may, you may want to call it some other insight. And I just knew that this all sucked, everything I was going through. I lost everything. I lost my house. I mean, I lost everything. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I did have a pension, but I was living at a higher standard. So I had to sell my house. It took nine months to sell because uh, nine months ago, we we're still going through all the economic challenges out there. So um, how did I get myself through? A lot of praying. And I've always been a stick-to-itness person. 
it's like, all right, dust yourself off. You've been through worse. You've been through some real ugly abuse in the military, in the Air Force, like a lot of a lot of people do, not just women. And I, you know, dust myself off literally, and I'm like, all right, I'm at it again. And then I fall, and then I'm at it again. I stuck it through, and you know, it was really cool. Is one of the creators of Homeland Security found out my, about my story after it was all over with, and I had my positive outcome. And he wanted to know about it because most people break and the psychiatrist I ended up working with because I was on medication. You have to work with a psychiatrist uh, told me that most people would have a total mental breakdown. Uh, yeah. I'm going to leave some things out. Wow. <laughs> because you know, I'm not here to shock people because this doesn't happen to most people, but you know, when you, you're a government whistleblower, everyone I've ever worked with, even the clients I've worked with in the past, whistleblowers, they always seem to be bullied and retaliated the most. Oh, I'm sure. I am absolutely sure. And and with that said, there is still bullying going on in government in, and in both the private and public sector. How do you perceive this negative modeling and why it might be happening so often today in this country? Wow. You know, that's, that's a tough one. You could come at it uh, so many different angles. What I go out and talk about the most, and I write about, because I also write books, and I'm in the procedure of doing a workbook, is it comes from the top down. I don't care if it's a small company. I don't care if it's a leader of the United States. I don't care nonprofit. I don't care who it is. Whoever that person is who is the top person, you know, they get to choose. Am I going to be a manager or am I going to be a leader? A leader is going to find a fine balance of getting the job done and also taking care of the people. So I'll use my example. You know, the the uh, agency director where I worked at, he was a bully. And it, it set the signal. It set the signal that, hey, it's okay to be aggressive. It's okay to mistreat other people. And then I've seen companies, you know, out there, and there are companies out there. I mean, there, there are good people out there that care about their people that like, no, this, I'm not just going to have this zero tolerance. I'm going to model it and I'm going to hold people accountable. Exactly. That kind of leads into my next question. So you, you hit the word. So how can we do a better job of modeling more inclusive and empathic behavior? Is that for everybody or... In general, like, do you have tips in, in relation to how we can just model more inclusive and empathic behavior? Because there are a lot of people out there that just don't know how to do this. They have no idea. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's, it's just like, you know, when people say, hey, use common sense. Well, hey, what is common sense? You know, to you, it might be one thing, to me, another. Well, I think walk the talk, don't talk the talk. People put quotes out all the time about positivity, about leadership, about civility, means and such. And I'm like, well, that's great. But, you know, walk the talk. And the thing is, is if somebody will not act civil or respectful, let's say you're an employee, then, you know, you need to address it. And, and I, through my books and such, I talk about how to address it step by step by step. Because so many people are afraid to speak up to their human resources uh, department if they have one or their supervision, if they you know, have a smaller company. And I'm like, go talk to them. Whether you trust them or not is not the issue. The thing is you talk to them because you set a trail of documentation should you get fired and have to work with an employment labor attorney or, I mean, a judge directly or try to get a settlement. 
uh, then you have an email documentation. When I settled with the Veteran Affairs two days before my hearing, it was on documentation only, and that blew people away. Oh, it, you know, people say, Don, there has to be another way. I'm like, I'm telling you, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I right. learned it. You know, for almost two years, I learned it, I researched everything, and you know, now I'm applying it to other people. But yeah, we have to show people that you know we're human, we're authentic, transparent, but that doesn't mean we let people walk all over us and we hold people accountable and we don't have to do it in an ugly way to hold people accountable because I realized that a lot of times bullies have been bullied. We don't know who's been in their past, what's happened to them. I'll give you a short story. I took a class recently and I found uh, one of the bullies was in, in a class. When they saw me, they nearly, <laughs> nearly passed out. You know, they're like, oh, wow. I thought you moved on after your settlement. I'm like, no, I'm here. I'm doing great, you know. <laughs> that's, right. the, that's the best thing, you know, of all. And, and then I, I remember hearing this person talk about, and I think they wanted me to hear it about how they, they were bullied as a child. And I thought, I think this person wants me to hear this, and maybe that's their... Uh, I don't know, the projected excuse of why they, they were part of the bullying system. Right. Or their rationale. Yeah, you rationale. Know, like, like a rationale for it. And yet, you know, it does happen. So things become cyclical. And where do we stop the cycle of certain behavior? So that leads me to my next question. What are some of the key suggestions you can give to businesses and individuals regarding what bullying is, one's perception, should they feel as if they're being bullied and who they can turn to for support? You kind of gave us that already by going to your HR department. Well, you know, if I can add on to it. Sure. Uh, as of right now in the United States, bullying is not illegal. And discrimination is employment discrimination, like sex discrimination, disability, age. You know, there's so many LGBT. There's certain things that, right. you know, are out there. Uh, pregnancy discrimination, things like that. But what a lot of folks don't know, and of course they don't know, um, it's not their field, is oftentimes things that feel like bullying can be discrimination. For example, I worked with a client who had a limp and they walked and they were older and everybody laughed at her because the person was slow, or she was slow, and they mocked her and laughed at her. And I showed her the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission's definition of disability discrimination. And I said, do you think that fits you? And she said, oh my God, yes. I said, well, from an HR perspective, because I am not an attorney, I can't practice law, don't want to, but from an HR technical perspective, I taught her how to stand up to the discrimination, how to write it up, and how to move on and then pass her on to an employment attorney. So, um, yeah, bullying is not illegal at all. And right. people are trying, so many good people out there trying to get it to be illegal. I think it'll be, um, it'd be good, but it's going to have its challenges because you're going to have to define what is bullying. And it's always on the targeted person, you know, who's been bullied to prove it's discrimination. They have to be able to prove it. And sometimes that can be a real challenge. And that's where I teach them how to prove it. Right. And I think that's a good suggestion. I think that's a good elaboration that it's discrimination that is illegal, not bullying. However, 
when you feel discriminated upon, it then is the person's perception. It doesn't matter necessarily about those who think that they didn't bully or did bully, but it really comes down to what was your perception? How did you feel? And why did you feel discriminated against? And being able to, I would imagine, document this from beginning to end. Yes, yes. I could tell you many, many, many stories of success. I've been doing this. You know, I've been in HR a long time, almost three decades, but I've been niched only in uh, bullying and discrimination matters in the workplace for the last seven years. In fact, as soon as I settled, I began right away. You know, I started doing the nine-month coach training and moving forward. Right. Well, good on you for helping other people because you came through something very, very difficult. And you did it primarily alone because, you know, at that point when you, you said something, it was like, oh, she's taboo. We don't, we can't touch her. We don't <laughs> want to get near her. We don't want to. You work in these environments and you know, you know, you fear for your own livelihood, your job and how that's going to impact you individually, but how that might impact your family and your support system. And people fear that. So as I said, when we first started this podcast, there's so much to talk about. And I want you to touch on what you're doing today as a coach, author, speaker, and podcaster. Okay. Right now we're, you know, all homebound and that's because of the coronavirus. But, you know, the silver lining is, you know, I work from my home and I'm able to do a lot of things. Like, for example, today I write for different companies and, uh, the Goodman Project, every month I'm a columnist writer and I put an article out. And it's usually around bullying and, and discrimination matters and leadership. And it's not just for employees, it's also for employers. And then there's another magazine online, M Spire. And that's a black magazine. And when they reached out, uh, Renata Brown reached out to me. I was a little surprised. I'm like, you want me on your, okay, sure. Because, you know, my whole journey began, she found out, my whole journey began speaking out for five black folks. So right now, and I've been working on it for the last two years, is I just finished my memoir from my life story because I've been working with a writing group and with a professional who's been writing for 30 years. And a lot of people don't know my past. I was bullied as a child. I was an extreme introvert, you know, sexually molested like many people are as a child had an impact on my my whole well-being and then I became an overachiever I think people either go north or, or south or north or, you know up or down <laughs> I, right. did, I, I went highly successful to compensate for my insecurities so I do consultations with a non-disclosure agreement with people somebody calls me and says hey Donna being bullied you know I'll have a quick uh, talk with them just to find out you know what is it about is it somebody I can work with because uh, I have worked with clients that won't listen to my advice or they'll pick and choose. And it's a step-by-step process. And if they miss something, it could dampen their case. When, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but you know they're going to present all this documentation, all this guidance I've get, given them. And I've had many, many successful cases with everybody who's ever listened to me. Well, so I'm doing that. Oh, and I'm podcasting. Just yes. like you. <laughs> yeah. Just even last night. I love it. It's called Empowered Whistleblower. And I tell people, hey, I am the Empowered Whistleblower. I'm not trying to make you a whistleblower. I love talking about discrimination, inclusiveness, and 
diversity, employee issues, employer matters, and things like that, disabilities. I keep it very broadly around bullying and discrimination is for employees and employers. I've had some great folks on it. Um, probably the most notable is Erin Brockovich. I met her um, two and a half years ago. She's been on my podcast. Oh, that's cool. That's really yeah. awesome. Wow. Yeah, California. Good for you. Yes, yes, yes. The whole PG&E. <laughs> yeah, Erin Brockovich. I love that story. I have to listen to that episode. Wow, you're going to have to forward that to me. So that's, that's, yeah, I just love yeah, that story. Yeah, she wanted to do so. another one, uh, podcast on disruptors. And I'm like, you got it. She's just a very busy woman. Yes. And I think she works seven days a week or eight days a week. Probably. <laughs> I might catch up her, with her, though. Her services are needed, as are yours. So thank you for what you're doing out there. My last question, and and thank you for giving us so much today in relation to your story, your journey, your take on what's going on in the world, bullying, your perception about what's happening today, modeling that behavior, coming from top down. There's so much you've given us here in regards to pearls of wisdom and as well as your own journey. But my last question is, summing this all up, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Okay, I just, I'm crazy about this, crazy about telling people, I don't care what you're going through, you do not have to be a a victim. You don't have to like what you're going through, like the coronavirus, you know, there's a lot of whining and complaining on Facebook, and I get it, people not used to, they've never had to go through a dramatic instance, you know, or circumstances, It, it might be hard, they may not have the tools, but we never have to have that victim mentality and I catch it really quickly because you know I remember feeling that victimhood and I hated that person and when I was in the mental health ward the third day they said hey you want to shower and I'm like oh yeah I'm skipping down the hallway like to the shower and there was a metal mirror and my face is yellow and I'm like what's wrong with this mirror and purple under my eyes it was really me and I hated that person I hated who I'd become that victim And shortly after that, and it didn't happen overnight because I worked with some great therapists, mentors, and of course, a lot of different healing modalities. So I tell people, I don't care what you're going through, divorce, somebody's betrayed you, lost a job, uh, everything that ever happened to me made me a better person. And I don't say that, you know, as a platitude, but sincerely, I let it fuel me. Thank you so much, Dawn, for sharing that wisdom with us, for sharing your journey, for being authentic and honest. Thank you so much, Dawn, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you, Dr. Watson. If you would like to know more about Dawn Westmoreland, go to www.workplacebullyingsupport.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about core women in your social media posts, please hashtag core women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about core women. And please stay tuned for continued growth of the core women movement 
Let's grow and drive change together. 